0: Welcome to Communicating Education, the official podcast of the Long Island School Public Relations Association. I'm your host, Christina Baumgartner. Today, we're talking to Justin Deering. Among the many hats Justin wears, he has been podcasting since before podcasting was cool. He's going to share his thoughts on what you need to get started and how podcasting and storytelling go hand in hand. So grab your coffee and pull up a spot on the couch. Actually, Let's be real. Turn up your headphones and make sure you can still see the notes for the social media content you're working on as we talk to Justin Deering. So on this episode of Communicating Education, we are joined by Justin Deering, who is one of our friends from the great state of Texas. Good morning, Justin.
1: Morning. Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. Thanks for making the time. Um, so, Justin, why don't you start by just telling the audience a little bit about yourself and and your journey to school PR?
1: Well, um, so I was a, a high school athlete, played baseball, and um, got hurt, and basically was told, "You'll never throw that ball as hard as you do right now, so you're pretty much done." Plus, I wasn't that good, I'll be honest. Um, so, when I got hurt and I went into a media tech class, I got uh, I got involved with video production real quick and realized that storytelling was something that I was passionate about. I love the idea of being able to tell a story and make an impact on somebody. So I went to college and studied film. Think I thought I was going to be the next Spielberg and then realized that that's a lot more than I wanted to do. Um, I wanted I, I just didn't see I didn't see that that was where I was supposed to be. So I went into radio for a while, did sports radio. That was my dream job. So as at a, as a 22-year-old kid, I was a sports radio host in a small town in Texas and did my dream job. I thought. After that I went into um to television for a little bit and did a little bit of production work for one of our local tv stations doing sports broadcasting things like that but then my former teacher called and asked me hey you want to teach because i'm leaving and i was like uh how much do teachers make which (laughs) this is the opposite narrative of what you hear because when he told me i was like i am all in so that tells you how much i wasn't making in in tv if i was like oh i'm gonna go teach so um i taught film and radio production for seven years and then that same gentleman called and said, Hey, I'm leaving the district and I'm going to a different district, but we want you to come to communications and be our video guy if you're interested. So I left and went there and then just kind of kept going from there. Um, joined forces with Julie Thanham about four years ago in Carroll ISD. And then I guess yesterday uh, announced that I have uh, accepted a position with Great Vaughan Colleyville, which is literally the district right next to Carroll. So I'm moving like three minutes down the road and I'll be moving over there in May.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. There, uh, we have a real tight-knit group there in the DFW area right around the airport. Mm-hmm. So I basically went into a room and interviewed with like five of my friends I go to lunch with every once in a while. So it was very, uh, it was very, it was an interesting interview because they're asking me like really tough questions. And I'm like, "Ooh, okay, we're friends here. How do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. I was glad it worked out.
0: But it'll be exciting to start a new journey. Um, so now when you're talking to folks who maybe aren't familiar with, with what school PR is and what we all do every day. What is your elevator pitch for why school PR is important?
1: You know, I just, um, I, when people ask me what my job is, and then I say, I work in school PR, you get it too. They're like, huh? Yep. What's that mean? And I tell them my, my goal is to tell so many good stories about the great things that go on in public school classrooms that, yeah, every school district's going to have some negative stuff happen. But we've told so many good stories and we've communicated, you know, transparent and we've been very clear with our communications, both good and bad, that those bad things don't ruin the district. I kind of think of it like a, a savings account for everyday stuff. So we've got a savings account in our family that we throw 200 bucks in because we know I'm not going to change my tires properly. And at some point, two of them are going to explode <laughs> at once and we're going to be out and we're going to have to go buy $600 worth of tires for my stupid big truck. And, uh, and so I just think of it as if we load that savings account in school PR with a ton of good stories, mm-hmm. when the tires explode, we still are okay. We still have the reputation. And that's just that is ultimately my goal at all times in school PR is to continue to tell amazing stories about amazing students, teachers, staff members, bus drivers, whoever it is. And that's, that's, that's what I think our job is all about. Is just, telling good stories and being truthful with all of our communications.
0: I love that. Cause that's what I tell people too, when they ask, even about just PR in general, because the, the typical answer is, Oh, you're that you're there to spin stuff. You're there to just make everything look pretty. And I said, no, I'm there to tell stories. Chief storyteller.
1: Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Yes. And we've, and we've heard that a lot, especially, I think a lot this year through COVID, I think you hear people saying, you know, this has been the toughest year for teachers, but how, like, you hear it on the news at night, Mm -hmm. but the districts are telling you just how great everybody's doing. No, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. It is a tough year. Yes, Yes, we realize things about mental health and wellness for our students and our teachers. Oh, and our school PR people. Like, we need to realize (laughs) that they're in it, too. But um, being truthful and honest and being like, yeah, this is a tough year, but still, kids are succeeding. I have a second grader who had to go back in person the first day of school because both of her parents are educators. She has asthma. How do you think my heart was feeling? How do you think my wife's mm-hmm. heart was feeling? She went back and we found out the other day, the girl has progressed so far in her reading. They're not going to check her, her number again this year because she's basically at the end of third grade already. And we're like, so she's learning is what you're telling me. So even through all this crazy stuff, even through wearing masks, desk shields and the political back and forth that goes on, because of those two topics, My kid's still learning and is still insanely smart and loves school. Yeah. Okay. We're doing okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing that she's doing that well with her reading. That's awesome. It's
1: crazy. Like the kid reads, she's a better reader than I am. Like 100%. (laughs)
0: Well, then, well, then maybe my next question should go to her and not you. Um, I was going to ask you what the last thing you read was, or, you know, if you haven't had a chance to read recently, is there a good podcast you've been listening to? I am,
1: I'm currently reading a story, not a story, a book called Story, times 10. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have it's, it's a storytelling book and it is kind of, I'm only like probably a hundred pages into this. It's a short little book, but it's about like reframing your mind for storytelling into narrative, like into the narrative method. Um, and I think it's, I mean, it's geared towards business. Like most of these type of books are, but I really feel like this one can be transcribed real easy to school PR because it's all about getting a narrative mindset for your storytelling and telling an undeniable story. So I think if you step back and look at your school district and say, no matter what's going on politically, socially, pandemically, if that's even a word, <laughs> what is the undeniable story that no one can puncture in our district? And it's it's going to be about kids. Tell that story. And you want to make them see it, feel it, and believe it. And I'm like, really, like, this thing's really changing the way I'm thinking about a lot of the storytelling stuff, because going into a new district in a month, being I've been in for four years, those stories are different. What's the undeniable story for Carroll ISD versus Great Vine, Great Colleyville ISD? And once I come up with, once we can kind of come up with that, I think we can continue to relate all of our storytelling back to that undeniable story or that bulletproof story. And it's just building that reputation and building that positive, that positive thoughts about your district.
0: That's great. I actually just wrote down that title. I'm going to have to look for it when we, when we it's jump good. off of this.
1: And the other one I read is Atomic Habits. If you haven't read that, stop your life, take a week off, read it, take notes. It'll change your life.
0: I did read that one actually. I read that one last year. That was yeah. a good one.
1: Yeah. The first like half of it is what really got me. The second half felt a little repetitive, but the first half I was like, "Okay, yeah, re- oh, okay." And yeah. a couple of guys up here read it together and we we're all like it, I read it right at the beginning of the first quarantine and I was resetting the room every night and my wife was like what is we're so productive in the morning what are you doing it's like i'm just resetting the room girl i just got atomic habits (laughs) 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 man i'm not doing it as well now but i did it real hardcore for like three weeks yeah it changed our life and then we realized we were not going to go anywhere for like five months so we just kind of slowed down we didn't have to have such life-changing things going on
0: (laughs) well now's the perfect time to uh pick it back up and yeah start resetting the room (laughs) (laughs) the um So we're talking about storytelling and how we tell stories about our schools all the time. Mm -hmm. Is there a story that you can share, either a memory that you have from your own school days or a teacher who had a large impact on you as you were going through school?
1: So, you know, I usually, and we'll talk about school PR happy hour later, I think, but I usually ask that question at the end of every episode. And the only episode I have not asked that question on was yours. I realized that when you said- I was like, you're the first person I forgot to ask. Cause we were so having such a good conversation, forgot to ask, but no one's ever asked me this question on podcast. Um, I had an English senior English teacher whose name was Mary Lou crane. And just the name right there should tell you the visual you're seeing in your head. You're correct. Um, she <laughs> <laughs> older lady. She had a, uh, kind of a British accent, but I don't think she was from Britain. I, I don't know where she was from, but, um, going three weeks into before graduation, your, your friend here, Justin had a 53 in senior English. And if you know anything in Texas, you have to pass senior English to graduate. So I have three weeks to get my grade up. So she called my mom and said, Donna. And she said, yes, Mary Lou. I was unaware they were on a first name basis um, and said, Justin's failing. I just want your permission to, you know, scare the hell out of him for three weeks. That's word for word what she said to my mom. Is that cool? And my mom was like, do what you gotta do, Mary. So she got me up in front of the class. We're done. We're done with the test. We're done with all of our books. And she said, Justin's going to read a book and teach it to you. You all have to read the novel as well. So she's now assigned a, another novel that we weren't, have to re, weren't going to have to read to my senior class. I had to read it, teach it. And if they got 100 on the test, I made the test too easy. And if they, got a, if they all failed the test, I made the test too hard. But whatever they got on the test would end up being my final six weeks grade. I read that book six times in four days and I don't like to read. I gave a test. I, they all got an 80, the average class got an 83. I passed senior English. I could not tell you today what book it was. Um, But then I went to college and that was her way of being like, Hey, snap out of being lazy snap out of, I was, I was waiting tables and working late every night trying to pay for this truck that I'd bought. And she was trying to show me, hey, you can do this stuff. You're good at this stuff. You're smart. Just, just, a, just approach it and attack it. So when I got hired to teach, I called her. Didn't know if she was still alive, but I found her. <laughs> <laughs> and I called and I said, hey, Mary Lou, this is Justin Deering. And she said, if you're calling to tell me that you're a teacher, I'm going to fall over dead right now. And I said, well, Mary Lou, grab a, grab a pillow. It's going to be a, so it's a soft landing. And she goes, please tell me you're not teaching English. I said, I'm teaching radio broadcasting. She goes, okay, good. That's way better. You talk more in that. But she like, I mean, that was 20, 21 years ago. And that lady literally changed my life and I love her to death. I haven't talked to her in forever. Don't know what's going on with her, but uh, she is by far one of the best teachers and one of the most influential people I've ever met.
0: That is one of the best stories that I have heard when I've asked that question. That's amazing.
1: You and did, she was also the last person with at senior prom, because <laughs> by the time prom rolled around, the girl I was dating and was taken, we had broken up. We didn't really like each other, so we didn't hang out during prom. But we just went because it was too late. Yeah. So she came. She goes, "Are we going to dance once?" And it was the last song. I said, "No, I got to dance with Mary Lou," and I made her dance with me. And she was, you know, sixty-five years old. She's like, "Thanks, Justin." I'm like, "You're welcome, Mary Lou." <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Um. So obviously we are podcasting right now. We're recording a podcast. You host a podcast as well. And I know you've, you've hosted a few over the years. Um, how did you get into it? How did you start podcasting?
1: Well, when, when podcasting started, when that word really started popping up and you had your old school, you know, scroll wheel iPods, and that's where iPods were, that's where podcasts were landing. I was a, a radio broadcasting teacher for high school kids. And we were currently um, broadcasting about a mile so if you want a mile off campus, you lost us. But then we saw that we could record shows, put them on iTunes, wait three weeks for iTunes to approve them. And then they would show up and totally be still news, you know, perfect timing for news when you're talking about something three weeks later. But uh, we would start putting those shows out and we were seeing that we were getting people. This was before Twitter advertising and things like that. We would there weren't a ton of podcasts. So we were getting people listening all over the country. And then I was like, you know, I used to do sports radio. I still love sports. Let's do a sports show. So me and a couple buddies started a sports show called The Wind Column, did it for four years. We got a ton of hits. It was all DFW stuff. So we weren't real trying to be yeah. too big. And then I just kind of kept going from there. When I have an idea, I'll write it down. And if I continue to come back to that idea, I'll see if I can make it a podcast or if I can, if it just needs to be like a blog entry for my website or um, something to that effect. But we uh, we currently have... I'd say the most successful podcast I've done, I've probably done 10 or 15 different ones, um, is School PR Happy Hour uh, with Aaron McCann, my friend out of Allen ISD. And we just go on, You know, each of us take once a month and we interview people around the country like yourself. And we we just talk about different things you're doing. It's almost like an extension of the conversations that we have at our conferences Mm -hmm. and just getting to know our friends around the country a little bit more. And then I've got a project that I'm brewing in my head because my favorite thing, more than my job, more than sports is being a dad. And uh, I really feel like me and a buddy of mine could do a podcast to really just help dads, dads go through some, some weird stuff. We're kind of on a pedestal where we can't screw up <laughs> and we want to do a podcast. It's like, hey, it's cool that you're not good at what you do yet because you're this is a job you don't have any prereqs for. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to we're trying to come up with a way to package a a podcast about being a dad. I have one kid, he has like a gaggle of children. So we're going to, we're going to go that route and figure something out there. But I just love it because a not, I'm not the most comfortable on camera. I've always been behind the camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, B I love telling stories. I mean, I love talking. Um, And I think that this is a medium that hits a niche group of people. And now more than ever, more people than just that niche group of folks that may not be tuning into your Facebook page because they're over Facebook. Facebook is it's done. Or they're not on Twitter because they don't understand how you can tell a story in 240 characters, but they may listen to this because they drive to work or they may listen to this because they're sitting in their office and don't wanna to listen to music that day or they're just really interested in the topic. This is just another way to tell the story and I dig it.
0: Yeah, and I was telling someone the other day, I said, podcasting is almost addictive. That once you, you have one going and you start to get ideas about content and you start thinking, well, but that doesn't really fit into what I'm doing now. Do I need to do another one to cover that area or to do that idea? And it sort of just becomes a spiraling effect.
1: Into I, it. It's crazy because, you know, we I've had the idea for school PR happy hour probably four years ago. I was like, you know, we're doing some cool things. And it was after my first inspira. And I was like, after inspira, I was like, man, we have got to, we got to figure out a way to do this more than five days a year. We yeah. should start a podcast. And of course, that's the first thing I thought was, I should start a podcast. I was like, I've been to one inspira. I know nobody. The only people I know are the people Julie introduced me to, thankfully. So I would know somebody there. <laughs> but slowly through K 12 PR chat, I started to meet people. And then we pitched the idea and we had some stuff go on and it got put off for a year. And then me and Aaron both were podcasting on the side and decided to see if we could present at Inspira. And during our, uh, our planning, once we got accepted, I said, hey, I've had this idea. And Aaron was like, OK, this whole presentation just became a lead into that because that needs to happen. She goes, that is. And so that was two years ago. I mean, we've got Class Intercom who sponsors us. So, I mean, we're like a big boy podcast. We feel pretty cool that like we have 700 followers on Twitter. We're like, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> we had <have> a celebration <laughs> tweet or text about that the other day. But I mean, just like you were saying, you start thinking, man, there's this area that maybe I'm not covering. Should I do a podcast for that? And then it's work. like It's tough work. It is. And then you start it and you're like, crap, I started another one and I've got to do all this work for it. I have a best friend who, uh, one of my best friends were both, he's a year older than me. I'm ter- I turned 39 in October, but about two years ago we decided, hey, we're getting close to 40, and things get weird when you turn 40 for dudes sometimes. So like, let's do a podcast about what's. He's a year ahead of me. What's it like to turn 40? Four- like, we called it the uh, the I'm 40 podcast, and it's still out there. But please don't go look for it. Um, <laughs> but we took the, the old Mike Gundy, the, <laughs> <laughs> the coach from Oklahoma State. He had a quote where he said, "Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40." So we took that quote, turned it into the title of the podcast, and we had like really authentic conversations about like the thought of getting older, the thought of what's it like when I was 25 versus what I'm like at 38. And then we did the, the wrong thing and didn't continue to plan content. Mm-hmm. We weren't prepared. We got to a point where we were eight episodes in and he was like, I got no other ideas. And we, he was like, I do want to do one on like mourning a loss of a family member, but we were probably a month passed when my dad passed. I was like, dude, I'm not ready for that. So we did an episode on, and this is, we did an episode on body hair for men like gross. (laughs) And that killed the podcast. It was done after that. Like we we were like, (laughs) so I just think that I think it's such a good medium. If you take the time to intentionally plan what you're going to talk about. And intentionally, strate- especially in school PR, strategically plan about your topics and how they relate to what your district's are, needs are at that time. This is a great platform and a great medium for you to use to reach your parents and your students. Because students are listening to podcasts too. Stats are showing that younger kids are listening to podcasts, but they've got to be like cool and hip. So you just got to figure out that, how you do that. But there there are there are people listening and there are reasons to make these these shows because you can reach people that you're not currently reaching.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things I learned and I guess I should have gone back to my days doing radio at my high school when we had to have the, if we had an hour long show, we had the little circle where we had to fill in and every five minutes or every minute, you know, what is my content for this minute? And I didn't really think of that. I just sort of, when we, when we had the idea for the Long Island School PR Association to do this podcast podcast. I just sort of jumped in and said, all right, we're just going to do it. I'm going to get it off the ground. Let's go. And that was one of the things I learned. And now this other project that I'm thinking about that has nothing to do with school PR. I'm really taking my time before I even really bring it to fruition to plan out what's it going to look like, what's the content going to be. And I think that's a great lesson for anybody listening who's maybe thinking about starting one for their organization or for their district. Um, all of that information that you just shared about really thinking about and being um, very, you know, mindful about what you want it to be.
1: Well, this this podcast about you know fatherhood that we're talking, thinking about doing, has literally been in planning for probably fourteen months. And yeah. we're not. Have, it, a, I will tell you the number one reason we haven't pulled the trigger is we're nervous, and that that crap that drives me nuts because I get imposter syndrome real bad about stuff like this because who wants to listen to a dad of one? But I think I'm a pretty good one talk about it. And then on the other side, he's like, you know, I'm a preacher, so I got to be careful. Like I can get yeah. real fired up about, de- about fathering and, and things like that. But we sat and come up with so many different ideas, but both of it were nervous. Mm-hmm. What if no one listens? Well, it doesn't matter if no one listens because it's for us more than anything. It's a chance for me and one of my best friends to hang out and talk and talk about something we're passionate about it. Yeah. But number two, we haven't launched because we want to make sure that we have enough content ideas to fill a full season we're not going to start and do four episodes and be like well that was cute and we fall off if we're going to start it we're going to do the whole thing but we're also going to have those rooms for like current events that pop up that's a big thing that i've seen a lot of people come out and be like yeah we're doing podcasting we recorded 12 episodes today okay well what happens if you're doing a sports podcast and you have 12 episodes and tiger woods gets in a car wreck it's mm-hmm. a big sports show like that's a big sports moment so you need to have a plan, but that plan has to be somewhat kind of evergreen a little bit because things are going to pop up and you're going to have to delay the episode about I don't know. Star testing is a big thing here in Texas. or standardized testing, so maybe that can push back because you had homecoming pop up or you canceled homecoming because of COVID or something, and you need to go on and share the, that news and tell stories or whatever that is. Um, it's it's a it's a different style of planning. Than I think we are used to in our industry for school PR. It's not a cut and dry, this date, this happened, we need to put it out. It is, it's a different, reading a news story is not a podcast. Yeah. Reading a news story is not a podcast. So today we canceled the homecoming parade, blah, blah, blah. No, it is, what what effects are that? So now we go and we get a story, we get an interview, we talk to people. So I think that um, being intentional and strategic is important, but also having a little bit of flexibility for those. Magical moments that pop up that have to be done, yeah, and those yeah. are fun. Those are the best shows because they're kind of off, off the cuff, and you kind of just fall into some beautiful story and it it blows up and it's great.
0: Yeah, and I think we're gonna get shirts made. We we should do that for for all of us who have imposter syndrome. We should come up with some kind of catchy slogan. And we'll get and Josh it
1: on Josh Sauer will create that shirt <laughs> yes. and sell it. It's swag of school the school PR swag store. Yes, yeah, so like I think we need imposter syndrome. That. Yes. <laughs>
0: Um, so, and now, I mean, talking about that, cause that's one of the reasons that even with this one that I finally had to just pull the plug and say, we're doing it, I'm launching it. Part of it was that imposter syndrome, right? And part of it was also the idea of, you know, you think about podcasting, you think that you need all kinds of fancy equipment and all kinds of software, and you need to know how to do audio editing and you need to know how to do all these things. So what would your advice be for somebody who is just starting this in terms of, do you need fancy equipment? Do you need crazy software?
1: If you are starting a podcast and you have a plan and you have a story to tell, turn your phone on and tell the story, turn your video camera on, on your phone, get an audio app that records audio on your phone and talk into it. Cause most of us probably have a smartphone because we're in school PR and have to, and possibly even the district pays for it. But, um, You have a smartphone that has a recorder on it that sounds well and good, good enough for a podcast. And if you have a story or you're out on site and you have an interview that's going down, just grab it. Just record it and see what you can do with it. Do you need fancy equipment? No. I did my first podcast on, luckily, a radio station that was built at at uh, at my school. But once I left that job and didn't have access to that beautiful studio, I did it in a closet in my house, in a very small closet with my buddy who is a very big boy and we were in a very small closet with two microphones just so it would deaden the sound with my clothes so it's not it's not that you need and it was handheld ten dollar mics off amazon i mean yet now after 10 years of podcasting i've legitimately built a studio in my house which is a mixer and a mic it's not like i've got padded walls or anything but it sounds pretty good and it's not crazy expensive but no you don't need Fancy equipment. You don't need fancy editing. There's free editors online. There's an app that I use to post my podcast. I think you use it to use anchor. Yep. Anchor. If you have the app on anchor, you can legitimately record segments into your phone and it'll edit it for you. You can input your music, do an intro, do a music, hit the music button again, do your segment, hit exit and you're done. And it uploads it for you and it keeps all your analytics and it'll find you sponsors. Not that we're doing an advertisement for them, but they will find you sponsors. Um, and it's just it's easy, but it's hard because it's hard to come up with, especially if you're doing one by yourself, it's hard to talk by yourself for a long time, yeah, um, if you're not doing an interview. But I don't think that there is, I think the biggest hurdle to get over is what we just talked about. It's just the fear because you can do it with what's what's in your pocket right now, your phone. Now, yeah, you probably will if, if you keep doing it, you want to upgrade, get a new mic, maybe get a mixer, get something you can incorporate sound effects with. But much past that, it's it's a pretty easy thing to start but it's addictive and expensive to keep doing because once you get going, you're like, man, I want all the cool stuff. Like I want the board that has all the cool lights like Justin got that he probably didn't need, but it's here right next to me. And it's fancy looking and it does great things. Like I can play sound effects just whenever I want, but I'm not going to right now because this is your podcast. I'm not going to just interrupt your podcast with all my (laughs) goofy baseball sound effects, but, but we, um, no, you don't need fancy stuff. You just need to start and then grow from there.
0: Although you're right. It is kind of addicting in that sense as well, that when I saw you post what your studio looks like in the mixer and the, I said, geez, I might need to find out where he got all that equipment because maybe I need a mixer or maybe I need, but really, I mean, we're recording this on zoom mm-hmm. and that's how I've been recording these podcasts is on zoom where I hit record. And when we're done, I stop the recording Zoom gives me the audio file. I throw that into Anchor. And um, I mean, I have a studio microphone, but most of my guests don't. They're just using the microphone built into their computer. And, um, you know, it usually comes out sounding perfectly fine. And, you know, so I think, but I think that that's that's one of the things that holds people back as well is is the idea of, you know, that you have to have this whole background in it. We've talked a little bit about storytelling and I'm just, I wanted to see if you could maybe talk a little bit more about how you've seen podcasting as a way to to drive storytelling either from a district level or just if anybody's thinking about podcasting um, on something that doesn't have to do with their district. How have you gone about that or how have you seen that done?
1: I think the biggest one, and I'll start with the district side, because I think that strategically, you can do a lot of really awesome things for your district through strategic storytelling and podcasting. So let's say that there is a bond election or something in your district. And um, in Texas, football's king. You know, football is the number one high school sport. And maybe on that bond, you have put a jumbotron. And jumbotrons are a hot button issue down here. Of Do we really need to spend tax money to put in huge televisions for people to watch the game that they're sitting at? I mean, it's 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 a little goofy, but yes, because I I've been doing Friday Night Football for 16 years, uh, producing Friday Night Football. It's awesome. But you can go out and do a story with a video, and be like, "Here's the jumbotron. Here's what it does. That's great. It's gonna it's gonna work." You can't obviously can't say vote yes, but um, you can strategically tell that story to promote why you need to have this added. But I think with this with a with a podcast, what if you went and got? one of the students that's in charge of helping you run it or the teacher that runs the internship program that gets the kids there. So instead of it being a huge TV, that's at a football game. Now it is an extension of the classroom and students are getting real world experience to go off to college and, and get real jobs. Mm-hmm. This is a very personal story for me, by the way. Um, <laughs> and they get real jobs and they work for professional teams or they get scholarships or they go to college and they're doing it for big name, big 12 colleges And you do a 30 minute interview about that with that teacher and never once do you say bond election, 2020 or 2018 or 2016, whenever it was or whenever it is never did you say, you know, this is a necessity. All you did was tell a story about a teacher who left class, went to her bigger classroom and had students working that went on to do great things. Mm -hmm. That's strategic. You can look at anything you have going on. So you have standardized testing coming up everybody has their opinion on standardized testing. Instead of talking about standardized testing and the fact that it's coming up, why don't we talk about the success we've seen in a second grader who through a pandemic is now reading at a third grade level. That should take a lot of stress off of a standardized reading test coming up because the kids are learning. The kids are doing great. Not all kids are doing great. Mm -hmm. Some some are still struggling and you can tell that story too, but how are we getting the struggling kids to where they need to be and how are we building confidence in them that they're, find right where it's at and you can do that through this conversation because i think in a video you can really see body language in a in a in a podcast obviously you can't because it's audio but i think if you listen if you listen you can hear passion in people's voices about what they're talking about like i get real passionate about podcasts because i love (laughs) them and i hope people can hear that when i'm talking about it um and i think that if you have the right person hosting and the right person the right interview and it goes the right direction the storytelling does its does its job itself but strategically as strategic thinkers that we are in school pr especially you know as i'm going through this apr process and seeing like really the strategy behind all of it everything that we do should lead back to the strategic plan you have for your district and you have an opportunity to really do some stuff people haven't done this is this i mean if you look at school pr podcasting is like an infant if Mm -hmm. not like straight up newborn, like barely in the size zero clothes. Like there's a lot of stuff we can do with podcasting, but we got to step back and get real strategic about it. And it can really be a piece of your communications tool that, um, a piece of your communications plan. Wow. Uh, that can really, uh, really add some, some power to, to what you're doing.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great perspective on it. Um, because that is, I think, um, something that, is So new. And I think that a lot of people, I mean, especially here in New York, um, I know I've heard of, I think, more districts down by you in Texas that are using it um, for their districts as opposed to up here in New York. I don't think that there's a lot of districts that I've heard of up here that have jumped into podcasting.
1: Yeah. And we didn't have like a very, like in Carol. we don't have a full blown district podcast, which is crazy that the podcast guy doesn't have a podcast. But um, we did do a simple internal podcast with we have a cultural coach a culture coach culture and leadership coach and he's probably the most encouraging person i've ever met i used to be his announcer before i even got to carol before i started teaching i was his announcer for his basketball team so i'd go into the gym and scream into a mic for his basketball team and then we've just kind of magically landed in districts across the way together and he was just sitting in my office one day he's like man these teachers are tired and i was like yeah so are the school pr people and so are the basketball coaches um he's like Jay, we gotta we gotta get your stuff up here. Go get your podcast studio. I got an idea. So I go grabbed everything, brought it up to the school, and he laid down fifteen motivational talks in four hours. Wow! And they were evergreen. He's like, "Which what week are we on?" I was like, "The week before Thanksgiving." He's like, "All right, this week we're gonna eat some food and we're not gonna think about school." And like, did a five minute talk, and we just released one of those every week through Christmas, and maybe twenty people, thirty people re- listened to it out of our however. Like the first week, we had most employees listen to it, and then trickled off. Yeah, but we were out and about and I, even with the announcement of the new job, I was getting text messages last night that said, find a way to keep the motivational podcast here. Don't take that with you. I'm like, I don't know what to do about that, but, (laughs) but it was, it was just a spur of the moment, the right person at the right time who could talk for five minutes about motivating people. We laid down a full season in four hours and there was no editing because we did it all in house in my mixer type of thing. So I literally, I would record intro, talk, exit. Okay. Ready? Record intro, talk, exit, and just export them. And they were up on anchor in 10 minutes. And we were, I mean, it was one day um, an idea by the end of the day done, but it was what those teachers needed at that moment. And it's the district's podcast, but it has nothing to do with the district, which is a way to think about this is like, do you have to be like, board meeting on Tuesday. No, don't. <laughs> you can put that in your newsletter or on your Twitter.
0: Yeah. Now, are there any pieces of advice that you can give? Because now your first dive into podcasting from the district side of it was with students. Is there any advice that you can give for any districts that are maybe thinking about bringing students in to do that sort of thing?
1: Well, let's let's just um, this is kind of what I tell my student interns, because I'm lucky enough to have about 25 kids sign up to work with me Um, and they do football games. They run our Instagram. They do all kinds of stuff for us. And I told them, I was like, look, I am a pretty cool 38 year old guy. Like I'm pretty like I'm pretty hip. Um, They wouldn't agree. But um, I don't know what's going on on your campus. I don't know what's going on in your clubs. I don't know what's going on at your little sister's elementary school because I'm one person covering 8,500 students, if not more. And so I I say if you are going into podcasting and you're going to a route where maybe it's not your superintendent or your head of curriculum that you're going to have host, the best person you can get host is a student. Because first off, they have stories that we don't know about. They will relate those stories. If you're trying to reach the students, having your superintendent host is not going to be a great idea. Having the student body president host, maybe have one of the football players host. That may be better journalism kid. But I would say if you're starting and it's more of a storytelling and you want to reach more people, grab a student, get a good well-spoken student that's willing to be coached and let them kind of run with it a little bit and see what happens. Because I think their excitement and their, um, attitudes toward it if they're all in and they see that most kids high school kids especially in my area see opportunities like that as great resume builders for what's next and they I mean they we've 45 kids sign up for our internship program because it looks good on their resume and then they enjoy it and we usually have about 20 that stick it out but i would say if you're looking at getting kids involved do it because that's why we're doing this that's why we do our job is for kids we don't do it because we enjoy tweeting a board meeting at ten o'clock on a Monday night. We do it because the kid that is up for the Nobel Peace Prize or something. So I would just get them involved and have them tell stories. And If they're not the host, they need to be the subject. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to let your superintendent or someone in in leadership host, some at some point you need to interview more students than you interview admin mem- people or board members because. It ref, it's a reflection of, in my opinion, it's a reflection of the way that the, the district looks. If you are looking to only interview our director of curriculum or our communications director, we're here for kids. Why are we not talking to kids? Mm-hmm. So, talk, so just talk to kids. And I bet I bet your show will be great. Just talk to kids. Even the kindergartners, they're funny.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. We actually did a, a project in my district a couple of years ago where, um, as part of it, one of our elementary principals, K through two did sort of a sit down interview with random students in his building to ask them what a board of education does and what the purpose of the board of education is i don't think i have laughed so hard as, as i did when we were doing that project because yeah, we did
1: that we did the same thing on board appreciation month with uh kindergartners and they they the answers were crazy and they were perfect and yes. then, you know, one of them was like, Hey, I know that guy, he coaches my baseball team. And we just, that was all he said. Like He didn't say what he, he goes, I just know that guy. And I was like, all right, cool. You're done. That was perfect. So, cause it just showed that they're community members yeah, and they're out and about. So it was perfect. So yeah. Talk to the kids. Kids are, yeah. they're cool. They're better that, at this than probably we are.
0: <laughs> so now before we wrap up, I know you mentioned school PR happy hour a little bit. Do you want to give the audience a little bit more about it? Where can they find it?
1: So it's school PR happy hour. It is, like I said, an extension of the conversations we're having at conferences. And we're just, I mean, basically we go to conferences, we listen to pitches or we listen to presentations and we write down people's names and we call them and say, hey, do your presentation on the podcast, but let's go a little deeper. Um, and it's me and Aaron McCann out of Allen ISD. We've been friends for a long time, started a couple years ago. We're about to wrap up season two. Based on the text message we had yesterday, it sounds like season three is already in the works because Aaron's an early planner and already has guests scheduled. So that means I have to find people. But uh, on all major platforms—Spotify, uh, Anchor, iTunes—pretty much if you're looking for it, it's the, if you if you have a podcast app, it should be on there. Um, if you're just starting, today is the first time you've heard about it. We've got 35 episodes, I believe, out right now, or 30 something ish. And we will be wrapping up season two in the next six weeks. So we'll have a couple more episodes and we'll do a big wrap up episode where we basically just make fun of each other and how much we messed up in our interviews and play some bloopers. We take the summer off because so do the kids. And then we, uh, we come back ready to roll September 1st with season three of School PR Happy Hour.
0: All right. And I highly encourage anyone listening, if you haven't already listened to it, go check it out. Um, they do a great job with diving into topics and and talking to folks from across the country about different topics within school PR. So I think you learn a lot every time you listen to an episode of it. So go check it out.
1: Yeah, we're over on Twitter at SPR Happy Hour. SPR Happy Hour. Uh, we realized we had like over 700 followers the other day and we're like, man, we should probably tweet more cuz there's a lot of people that were <laughs> cuz we tweet new episodes and we forget cuz we have full-time jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, look, new episode day. Here we go. Yes. Yeah, we'd love I- for you to jump on and chat with us.
0: And Justin, you also started, nothing to do with school PR, but everything to do with podcasting and storytelling and um, videography. You just launched a YouTube channel?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> um, I uh, bought some new stuff. I used to have a wedding company and we sold all our equipment and I bought my podcast studio on a camera. And I said, what the heck? I'm going to go in front of the camera for the first time ever and have done one video and have gotten a pretty good response. I have another video planned. I'm starting off basically with podcasting 101. So, I mean, the one, the one video that's up right now is just um, my introduction. And then we're going to start, I think the next one I have planned is three reasons not to start a podcast and um, kind of just some, some quick, easy reasons why you shouldn't even dive in. Um, But it's, it's an experiment because like I said, I am not an in front of the camera guy. And it's just one of those opportunities to fight the imposter syndrome and force myself out there and see what happens. And it's been really cool because it's been responses has, have come from people outside of school PR, which, you know, I could, you can launch anything in school PR and everybody's like, oh, it's the greatest thing you've ever done because we're all friends and we all love each other. But, uh, when you start seeing people from high school that you haven't talked to in 20 years, like, dude, this is great. Keep it up. And I'm like, okay, maybe I will. Like, so, <laughs> so that, that, that is, uh, hopefully going to get back onto a more regular schedule as you know, now we hopefully, things will slow down a little bit and I can start maybe doing, going to try to do one every two weeks, if not one a week at some point, but right now just getting the content in my mind is, is what I'm working on because I launched without planning this time, because if I didn't, I wouldn't have done it. So. And sometimes <laughs> yeah, so on YouTube, yeah, you just search Justin Deering D E A R I N G over on YouTube. It should pop up. Once I get a hundred subscribers, I can change the, uh, <laughs> the address to something less goofy. Cause uh, I set up this channel when I was 16 and my nickname was tons of fun because I was a big dude. And so it's tons 22 it's the YouTube account, but once I get hundred, I can change that to Justin Deering. So we'll get there.
0: <laughs> well, I, I know I watched your first video and I'm excited to see what else you put out there. So if you guys listening today, if you've liked what Justin has said, if you want to learn more, definitely go hit subscribe on that channel and um, I know that you're gonna smash that
1: subscribe button. Hit that, you know. Yes. Button. Yeah, my daughter's like, Are you gonna say that on your YouTube channel? You're gonna tell them to smash the subscribe button and click that like. I'm like, No, I'm not gonna do that.
0: <laughs> but you can do it here. Yes. <laughs> so definitely go and, and subscribe. And Justin, I wanna thank you for coming on the show today. Um, it's been great getting to chat with you and
1: well, thank you. It's been fun. We've done this, I guess, this is the second Saturday. Was it last Saturday? No, it was Saturday before. It was two Saturdays. Two Saturdays ago. For, for our show. So I appreciate you uh, asking me to come on and talk on podcasts. This was fun.
0: Yeah. thanks for Thanks for joining us. This has been Communicating Education. Thank you to Justin Deering for being with us today and sharing your insight. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to check out our other episodes and become a subscriber. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. For more information on the Long Island School Public Relations Association, visit our website at www.lispra.org or find us on Twitter at LISchoolPR. Until next time, keep your head up. Keep sharing your stories and keep communicating education.